So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Ferrari strategy of F1 podcasts. I'm just not sure why I'm wearing an anorak. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast has had a second sensor fitted to our recorder's battery, but that's nothing to do with our recent drop in quality. I thought they had a second sensor removed from the battery. No, they had one They had one put on to make sure that they weren't cheating, but they definitely weren't cheating. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is and always will be stupid. I'm alright with that. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the only F1 podcast that is a figure of eight. Yep, we go over each other. Wait, that sounds weird. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that will be phoning it in for the rest of the season. Oh, well, that starts now. (laughs) I'm Chikarez, and today, from producer Matt's house, we're going to talk about the Japanese Grand Prix. So it was a must-win race for Sebastian Vettel and Ferrari, but once again, they threw it away with some terrible strategy errors. Is this last week's script, or a glitch in the Matrix? We'll discuss how Scuderia messed up yet again the surely inevitable fifth Hamilton title, and there'll probably be some swearing along the way. That's what to come. Joining me is a man who hasn't bought a house. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I've been trying to buy a house. It's really difficult because other people want to buy houses as well. And you think you found a house and you put in an offer for the house. And the estate agent faddles around and then comes back to you and said, oh, somebody else has offered less money. And I'm like, well, why is that bad? But apparently they they had they were ready to go because we've got a change. We need okay. to sell our house, and somebody else needs to. It's all very complicated. And middle this class. Is very it's very much. annoying. We found a really nice house, and we were going to buy it, and now we can't buy it because some other fucker has bought it. This I'm is sorry. very much like in Sainsbury's now. I got a sausage roll, and Phil was like, "Have you taken the last sausage roll?" And it was like, "Well, I hadn't, but you know, for a second. But you if thought, you had, you thought but, I'd gazumped you. <laughs> but you don't have a chain, so I had some crisps oh. and uh, a double decker." And alongside him is a man who spent two hours in an Uber on Saturday night. It is Terry Saunders. House party in an Uber, anyone? So I um, went to see the Chemical Brothers on Saturday night. I've heard of them. Hot new band. At Alexandra Palais. Good. It was fun. It was great. And then went out into Hackney, went to a club. You know, I'm like a a youngster. Yeah. 
get and then the clubs you know, about depressingly early about half one so I might go home and <laughs> depressingly early that's way later than I stay out okay Chica how late do you stay out where do you go out uh, I don't I don't go to bed wow yeah that's so right cool. well nor do I it turns out because uh, <laughs> I got an Uber and drove down and I did a thing that's quite rude I think and I don't normally do but I basically fell asleep in the Uber I put yeah. headphones in and I was just like I am going to sleep wake me up when I'm home and I live in South London mm. when you've got to go through the Blackwall Tunnel in a cab at night. And unbeknownst to me, the tunnel's shut on a Saturday night because I don't normally go out that late. It shuts at one o'clock. Oh, and so I kind of half wake up and we're kind of near the tunnel. And I'm like, okay, I'm nearly home. Be home in about 20 minutes. That's fine. Go to sleep again. Wake up again about maybe half an hour later. I'm like, oh, we're near the tunnel. Then I kind of load my app, like my map and stuff in the back and go, this is weird, what's going on? And it's like, oh, it's going to take us to the other tunnel. That's fine. It's about a half hour journey, but that's fine. Fall asleep again. Wake up again later on and we're still by the tunnel. And I go, excuse me, where are we? And he went, oh, there's a slight problem. I can't get into the tunnel. And I was like, well, yeah, it's probably shut. Why don't you go to the other tunnel? He said, oh, no, it's saying there's a diversion. And what he'd been doing for an hour is kind of driving out and then following the signs back to the tunnel. <laughs> And I was like, and so then I had to kind of say, can you go to, oh, the other thing was, because uh, I was having a night out, I wore contact lenses, which I rarely do. But when I was in the cab, they were a bit itchy. So Ooh. I pulled them out in the oh, cab, no. but didn't have my glasses with me. Oh, no. So he was, I was there going, I'm not any signs of the Rotherhive Hive Tunnel. And he went, I can't see any signs, can you? I was like, no, I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> so then I ended up having to direct him via my phone, because he sat there with shit, over Tower Bridge. So that's just like another fucking 40 minute journey so from Hackney to my place in like Blackheath Greenwich was two hours get home get into bed and then I get a little text going your Uber journey just cost you a hundred pounds and so then I, I can you can, you can probably you complain about it I gave him a bad rating which means I think he's been shot and I got a, a lot of money back okay well that's something how much did you get back 77 pounds back Not oh wow. that's quite good yeah. but then I said a shitty one going what so I'm still paying 20 quid for a two hour journey you fuckers and they went we can't give you any more money back and I did this whole thing of like, well, I'm not going to use Uber anymore. Obviously, I am. There's do they, else. do they have? It's only Uber here, isn't it? They don't have Lyft here, or and a black like cab. Oh, no, you don't want to use that. Which would be about a hundred quid. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So a yeah. hundred quid just to get you down Regent Street. Oh, what an overprivileged set of fucking stories. Today. <laughs> oh, I can't buy a house. Oh, my yeah. Uber was delayed. Yeah. Oh God, life is Chica, so. Did you hard. have any disasters at Waitrose? Or um, I went to see Adam Kay, who wrote "This Is Going to Hurt." Don't know who the, that is or what that is. It's the book about doctors. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Yes. No, I do. I saw him on. Was he on a sh- panel show or something? He's well, anyway, funny. I saw him talking about how the perfect CV for a doctor is not through <sighs> having social skills or caring for people. It's stuff like being great at sport, playing loads of instruments, and he read out this amazing CV of like team captain of this and all of this, and he was like, "That was Harold Shipman's CV, <laughs> admittedly." I've got Harold Shipman's story. I found I was I sorted through some books last week, and I in an old book, this flyer fell out from my first Edinburgh show in two thousand and three, in which, um, for reasons that I can't remember, I used a picture of Harold Shipman <laughs> as the flyer. When you were a shock jock kind of guy yeah it was a kind of it was a sketch show it was terrible uh <laughs> but the one that fell out of the flyer the one i kept because it was signed by paul daniels because paul daniels was walking down the street because he was in edinburgh that year so we got him to sign it unbeknownst to him he was signing howard shipman's face wow to which i then got a story in the metro about paul daniels signs howard shipman's face controversy publicizing my show and we got like three people that night came yeah. oh i mean for edinburgh from what i understand that's good it was amazing yeah yeah, yeah. 
And so we break too late and make an ill-judged attempt to get back on track at Listener's Corner. Naturally, the goings-on in Japan occupy most of your comments. Uh, So let's start with Ryan Simpson, who says... Hamilton is in a different league at the moment. He's a machine. Serious questions have to be asked if Vettel, after another unforced error, he's not driving like a four-time world champion. And I'm not convinced he's the right man for the job of chasing down Mercedes. Paul Hinton says, Ferrari's biggest mistake is letting the wrong driver go. If the team next year was the experienced and reliable Kimi mentoring young Charlie, that would be a great setup. Vettel has proved time and time again that he can't take any pressure unless he is the dominant car, like the Red Bull. Is it too late to send Seb back to Sauber instead? See, when I read that he said they let the wrong driver go, I thought they were talking about Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> Because really, they should still have Alonso in the car and everything will be fine. He'd be mm. doing all right. But yeah, Sebastian's just been rubbish. He's he's just mistake after mistake at the moment. Is he really is cracking under the pressure. Like, way more than I thought he would. Because he's, it- he's clearly a decent driver. But it's that, that last Actually, little bit when he's up against it and he's got to fire him. I mean, how many mistakes has Hamilton made this year? Oh. The cornrows. Wait, well, <laughs> oh, fashion mistakes. Fashion mistakes. I mean, he's basically turned that into a career himself with, cool. with Tommy Hilfiger. But driving mistakes, he's really not put a foot wrong outside of little minor things here and there. Whereas Fettel's made quite a few massive clangers this year. But, uh, I would last have thought year. the pressure would be worse at the beginning of the season, though, when they're close. I mean, Whereas now, maybe, but they, they, you can always think, oh, I've got ages to sort it out if anything. But happens. then they were close up until like three or four races ago. It was still nip and tuck. And in fact, Vettel was in the lead. Yeah, up we thought, until, well, like, for Italy or something. And then suddenly he's gone wrong at every race and Hamilton's gone right. And so Ferrari. Craig Howard is puzzled. He said, I'm puzzled. Why have Ferrari gone slower after the last two races? They were not cheating. So why would adding an extra sensor to check affect their speed? What is this sensor thing? I've totally missed this. So. Ferrari, if you remember a few races ago, suddenly they were much quicker than Mercedes. Uh-huh. By the by, the FIA put in an extra sensor in their battery unit just to see what was going on, just to check everything was fine. Just in Ferrari's unit? Just in Ferrari's. Oh. And Can they do by that? Complete, yeah, they can do whatever they like there, the okay. FIA. Um, <laughs> You've got to have a dildo in your front <laughs> nose. That's the thing the FIA can say. Um, <laughs> and by... And by Utter coincidence, as soon as that second sensor went in and Arriva Benny confirmed that, yes, it's now we've got a second sensor, completely by coincidence, that was almost exactly the time when the Ferrari seemed to lose performance again. So I don't think we can read anything into that. Do you think what was actually happening was before they put the sensor in, they had a hamster in a wheel that was giving extra power? They might have done it. Or some extra batteries, like a big pack of like AAA batteries that yeah. snuck nothing. in there. There's nothing against hamsters in the rules. And Mission Minnow, Winnow Mission, Mission Win. Oh, yeah, win yeah, they, got the, they had the dramatic new livery we hinted at last episode. Which was two words that look like they're a mirror image of each other, but one you can't actually read, and yeah. it makes no sense whatsoever. Well, well yeah. I didn't see that. Mission well, Winnow, uh, you, Mission. You missed nothing, because you know we were saying, oh, yeah, Ferrari, yeah. new livery. Yeah. We were thinking, wow, it's going to be beige oh, or something. It wasn't be and no, it was one sticker on the back that had some Philip Morris thing. It's it's mission mission winnow is some Philip Morris thing that isn't cigarettes, but it's cigarettes. Vaping. It's it's something to do with technology, but really it's cigarettes. It's all cigarettes. It's basically saying smoke. One man who made no friends at Ferrari this weekend was Max Verstappen. So the young Dutchman was given a five-second penalty for smacking into Kimi Raikkonen at the final chicane and was also involved in a tussle with Vettel that left the German spooning it into the runoff area. 
Tristan Clayton said Max clearly celebrated his 21st with some extra strong mind-altering substances. If he thinks any time a driver makes a mistake, everyone behind should slow down and allow him to recover. Colin Wilk said, The crashing is back at it again. I really think he hates the colour red. How many times now has he crashed into Ferrari this year? Wes Paul Stops said, Max outbraked himself and cut the chicane, gained an advantage by not losing a place, and then rather than safely coming back into the left side of the track, he pushes Kimi off the track. Then the clash with Vettel looked to me like Max squeezing Vettel. I know he's popular among people who wear wooden shoes, but can we please stop behaving like he can do no wrong? Firstly, Tristan is totally right because that comment he made where he's like, well, Kimmy should have just slowed down a bit for me. Like like a motor race is going, oh, after you, sir. Oh, sorry to hold you up. Oh, yeah. So for anyone that didn't see it, this was quite early on in the race. Raikkonen was chasing down Verstappen. Verstappen outbraked himself, come into the chicane before the, the turn onto the final corner. And then instead of sort of going onto the runoff area and, and feeding back on the track, he tried to get back on track almost immediately and did and basically forced Raikkonen off, and he got a five-second penalty for so it. So you're saying Raikkonen had, was doing absolutely nothing wrong at all? I don't think you can really blame Raikkonen there. If you see somebody in front of you make a mistake and go off, Raikkonen was trying to take exactly the normal racing line. And I mean, it's true that Raikkonen could have slowed down. Yeah, but why, but but why that would That does he? seem to be a slightly bizarre... Yeah. <laughs> what with him being, you know, a racing driver. That would be a very <laughs> odd stewarding decision to be like, actually, you should have just slowed down a bit, mate. You could have yeah. avoided an accident. In fact, if you all went a bit slower, you'd be much less likely to crash. Yeah, I don't think he was deliberately trying to push Raikkonen off, because when he got on, he had full lock on his steering to try and turn him. But because and of the green angle... tire. And a the tyre went totally green from like the Astro Did it? Stuff. I didn't see that. that was Maybe great. they'd sprayed the grass to make it green. Yeah, I think it was. I think five second penalty is fine. I don't think he can be too upset about that. But Wes, Paul Stops, says he reckons Max is to blame for the crash with Fettel. Now that I don't agree with at all. That was Fettel completely cocking it up. Yeah, I've got to be honest. You know, I hate Max Verstappen, but um, yeah, that was Vettel. <laughs> Did you hate him particularly in this race? Where did you uh, where did you stand on the snap? Another podium for him. He's banging in the results. The thing is... He was, he was a little frisky, but didn't do anything massively out. There's a big problem right now, because actually we're talking about Vettel and Verstappen. The thing is, if Vettel could be pushed back down to what? He was like 17th or 18th after the crashing with Verstappen. And then he can just quite effortlessly come back to being... Where did he finish? Like 5th or 6th? 5th or 6th, yeah. And the the difference with the top three teams is so vast that they're going to always be in the top six without even trying. You know, as proved, he can start quite low down, get to the front, crash to be back at the back again, and still get back to near the front. So kind of, you know, Kimmy's a bit rubbish. Ricardo's on the back foot. Verstappen's third place was the default. Ouch. Well, speaking of ill-judged overtakes, Kevin Magnussen provided entertainment once again, swinging over very late to block a move by Charles Leclerc that results in Charlie smacking into the back of him and puncturing the Danes retire. Nicole Dykeman asks, is there a single driver that Magnussen hasn't pissed off? I think the stewards have made a right call that it was a racing incident this time because the move was just before the breaking point. But I feel like Kevin No Friends might cause a serious crash with the cowboy defending sooner than later. However, Scott Crawford said, K-Mag is my favourite driver. We all just living in a K-Mag world. Actual genuine personality as opposed to carefully managed Mr. Bland out front. 
You know that we are living in a K-Mag world, and I am a K-Mag girl. That's what you're going to join in. <laughs> I'm just going to let you go. There's going to be people cribbing this out and putting it up as an MP3 on LimeWire. So are you saying you're a fan? Is, is that your way through song? Suck my balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean... He's an erratic driver because he's really good sometimes. And yeah. then other times, he's really not very good. And when he's not very good, he tends to have his elbows out and crash into people. Yeah. When he's good, he's very, very good. But when he's bad, he's a bit of a dick. For example, it was pretty touch and go with this Lecaic thing. And uh, you could you could conceivably say it was just unfortunate coincidence that Leclerc tried to go one way at the same time as, as he moved over, as Nicole was saying. But on the other hand, he did almost exactly the same thing in a previous race. And yeah, if, if someone like Hamilton got did four. that, you'd be like, okay, that's a bad question because Hamilton doesn't make moves like that. But when he's like, oh, God, I just just accidentally uh, crashed my car into your uh, front garden yeah. again. <laughs> For about the fourth time this year, that's something like that's happened. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, as you say, when he's good, he's really good. Did you see previously, he overtook Leclerc on the outside of 130R at 200 miles an hour. It was a glorious move. He's very good, but every now and again he just drives like a bit of a bellend. And I quite like him out of the car as well, because as I said before, I don't think he gives a shit about it. You like tattoos though, don't you? I do like tattoos, yeah. Harry James Barton says, Bottas is now dead behind the eyes. His mission is only to protect Lewis. He is the Val Terminator. I mean, I'd agree with that. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I like that name. Well, that name's if, good, uh, if only you've for the, the name. interviews. There's oh, yeah. There's nothing there. He's, I mean, he's accepted his place now, hasn't mm. he? I think he said, yeah. it, I, I read the interview, yeah, but, he, but I saw the headline that he's like, yeah, okay, I'll be number two driver yeah, for knew. now. He always knew he was going to be number no, two driver. No, but he didn't. Remember, even at the start of the race oh. last week, when he was there going, of course I can win. No one's going to tell me to stop winning. This is Mercedes. I don't give team orders. Oh, by the way, Valtteri, can you not win? It's like, I just didn't realise. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I knows. saw some, some, somebody asked Toto Wolf before the race. Is like, is everything clear with the drivers now? And he went, yeah, it's very clear. So now he's, yeah, he's in no, he knows exactly where he stands. I noticed on a similar but unrelated note, Toto Wolf wearing glasses this mm, weekend. What does, does he, he think? Does he normally wear glasses? No. I don't, I don't think, think he does. New. I really like them. How I do you feel? I think they need to be slightly thicker rims. Interesting. How do you feel? I have no strong opinions on the subject one way or the other. It's because you don't wear glasses. I do wear glasses. Yeah, but not, no, not very often. Not in public. I do. I wear lenses most of the time. Yeah, but that's I not do glasses. glasses. Well, I have glasses. I just don't wear them that often because I prefer lenses. So in other news, the FIA race director Charlie Whiting has been on his travels and he's reported back from a trip to the Zandvoort circuit in the Netherlands. The circuit hosted the Dutch Grand Prix back in the day and the talk is they want to do it again. It might happen because Charlie said it would only need minimal changes to be able to host a modern F1 race. They've got to put in all the uh, clock parking, you know, basically orange bits to pen in the Verstappen fans. (laughs) Yeah, the sex museum. (laughs) And a giant spliff. But the sex museum is just Max Verstappen's sexual history. It's a very, very small museum. Uh, so Charlie also the gift went shop to- is just like one of those postcards that when you move it, it's just him wanking. <laughs> when you get one of those pens. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's just him with him wearing his race suit. You turn the pen upside down and, uh, and his race suit comes off. And a bookmark. <laughs> Right, Charlie also went to Hanoi to investigate the possibility of a Vietnamese Grand Prix at a track that hasn't been built yet. We presume he said that they'd need to build a track first. But there's talk today that they're confirming there's a Vietnamese Grand Prix next year. They're going to have to go bloody quickly to build the track. I mean, I suppose they've got a year. Maybe it's off-piste. 
That'd be good. On snow? Just powdery snow. That would be amazing. In Vietnam. They'd have yeah. to ship it in. Wow. I mean, that's an F1 thing to do. But um, Dutch Grand Prix. Do you remember Zandvoort? It's a little bit before my time. I don't, I've I seen don't a few, remember. seen a few clips of racing from there. And apparently I don't really remember the fun, Japanese was... Grand Prix, if I'm honest. Tell us how wrong you are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. <laughs> for the teams we'll start with mercedes so things are going well are you ready sixth one of seventh races fourth win in a row ninth one of the season 71st in his career fifth win in japan 50th win in the mercedes 67 points clear and eight points away from fifth world title very good except um, six wins in seven races you have to do asterisks one of them was given to him as a present by That's his best true. friend. Hey, it all counts. That wouldn't have worked. History doesn't no. remember who was second. Um, Nico did, something. Um, did Hamilton say something about his engine at the end? Yeah, he was worried that it was just having little little palpitations. He said um, that last race, though. I think he said it this race as well. I think he says it to fuck with Vettel. I think he just kind of goes, oh, is, where's Vettel? Oh, he's losing. Oh, make out that I'm not doing very well. And if he was right behind me, he'd win. That would really piss him off. <laughs> and you could tell that Vettel's in the car going, oh my God, oh shit. Because like on Saturday night, after I went home, me and my friend went home, other friends went on to another club somewhere and had a great time. And I spent the whole next day going, should have stayed here. And that's what Vettel's like, I think. He's there going, oh, if I only wasn't crashing into people, I'd have won the championship by now. Maybe this stems from a few races back where Vettel, do you remember Vettel's engineer misheard Hamilton saying that everything was great and he reported to Vettel that Hamilton was having problems and, and said everything and was gravy no, I, don't. <laughs> I don't understand the vernacular I think gravy <laughs> means bad oh it's very confusing Blazing Squad what? was it Romeo from Blazing I Squad? I know not know yeah, what you're talking about everything is gravy Ferrari so I get the impression that Ferrari have given up on the championship, which may come as a shock to you. Instead, they have focused their efforts on recruiting Giuseppe, a strapping Italian in his mid-twenties with glowing skin from his Mediterranean diet that is a professional ruthless killer to deal with Verstappen. What? Giuseppe. Giuseppe. I made that up. They haven't actually hired someone. Or have they? Or have they? Well, what I loved about Ferrari this week was the tyre blunder and qualifying... (laughs) Where it wasn't really raining and they yeah. went out on intermediate tyres. No, and they went. But why? Why did they do that? Because, because they're, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> because they're badly organised and, and not paying attention. Maurizio Ariavabeni then goes, Do you know what? The people on the pit wall at Ferrari are fucking idiots. And it's like, Maurizio, where do you sit? I'm on the pit wall. Are you in charge of the whole team? Yes. Are you an idiot? No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I said that people on the pit wall, oh God, it's me, isn't it? Oh no, I've done it again. It was sort of like when when everyone goes to a party and like one person has been told as a prank that it's fancy dress Aww. and he turns up and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, everyone else is just in normal clothes. <laughs> and they're intermediate. <laughs> sitting there in their intermediate tyres and everyone else is in slicks and they go out and they do their quick time and Ferrari like oh, shit get in put the normal tyres on so Ferrari go in put on the slicks come out by which time it started raining and the slicks don't work and they can't set a time it's Bloody just a comedy hell. of errors so I've got a question at the end why didn't they swap Raikkonen with Vettel because they've given up do you think that's yeah. what also Raikkonen was like 30 seconds ahead of Vettel he would have literally just had to sort of <laughs> crawl along at 30 miles an hour but they could have just sent him into the pits or something. they could have done it and they arguably should have done it because if something terrible happens to Hamilton 
and he can't drive the next three races, and then Vettel loses by two points. Ferrari, what? I mean, just, I mean, what? They're just continually titsing it up. It's like every decision they make is the wrong one. Do you remember who the last world champion for Ferrari is? Raikkonen? I know! That's 11 years ago! (laughs) 11! And even that, he spawned he was he was lucky to win that bollocked it up and apart from that then obviously Schumacher and then before that we're looking at like Alonso nearly won one uh, Vettel he, nearly won one this yeah. year and last year well not that nearly 67 points off at the moment yeah, I think yeah, it whatever. is uh, yeah no calamitous so Red Bull I don't think Ricardo got enough attention because he went from 15th and he ended in 4th which is really impressive despite the fact I know what you said earlier about the top teams but people just didn't seem to Take that much notice of it. It's because we were all busy watching Ferrari. Ricardo's become really invisible this year. Mm. He won a few races at the start of the year, and he's had a lot of really bad luck. It's not his fault that he's not. Hartley levels of luck. Yeah, but at the same time, he just seems to not exist. And now he's going to Renault next year. It's almost like everyone's gone. Oh, sorry, mate, you you don't exist. He's going to be the new Carlos Sainz. Do you remember Carlos Sainz? We've not seen much from him this year, have we either? He's just. Oh yeah, no, he was there, but I can't remember anything he's done all season. That rings a bell. But um. I mean, Ricardo did do quite well. He was, again, very unlucky with his engine. And did you see him on um, on qualifying day walking down the pit lane and screaming fuck very, very loudly no. into his helmet? Um, yeah, he, was walk- he walked out of the garage after his engine failed and he knew he was out of qualifying. He was walking down the pit lane with his helmet on, the camera's behind him, and he just goes, fuck, really loudly. And then there's an interview with him about three minutes later and he's blown out his vocal cords and he's sort of sitting there going, yeah, I'm pretty angry. Oh, I heard that interview, and then someone they went back to the Channel Four people and went, "Oh, I think he's got a cold." <laughs> no, that's <laughs> the insight you get from Channel Four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, Ricardo did quite well to recover, but as you say, I mean, he's, when was the last time he was ahead of Verstappen or out qualified Verstappen? It's a blooming long time. Um, that's why he's leaving. And Verstappen is, I mean, you could argue that he's the favoured boy, but he's outperforming Ricardo all over the place. Yeah, but I got his mistakes. There was a bit of a scare actually because I read this interview with Verstappen about how he feels having Gasly as a teammate next year, and he said this kind of quite chilling thing of like, well, they asked me who I'd want as a teammate, basically because it's my team now and everything I say goes. Did and it's he? just like, yeah, and they're like, oh, so they've gone with Gasly because he. I said Kira Knightley. The least threatening. No, I think Max is more of a. I said Kira Knightley's like twice as old as him. I, I don't know who, who, do, who do the young people fancy these days I've no idea Claudia um, Schiffer me yeah he definitely said I want Terry Saunders as a teammate it's awkward because I'm not I'm just not into those eyes hey <sighs> So it was a good weekend in terms of points. They are closing the gap now on Renault. Um, and there's actually only eight points between them. It was a really good drive from Grosjean, who finished in eighth. It was a bad race for Magnussen, as we talked about. He hit Leclerc early in the race and he got a puncture. One of the things that impressed me most this race is how far Magnussen drove with that puncture. Yes, that, although he did entirely destroy his car while he was yeah, doing but it. Was but that was an old school flailer. That was probably... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smash, 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 smash. And that bit when all the carbon fibre exploded on the track yeah. that caused the safety car, mm. that was quite impressive. Like, kind of. It was basically boom, like. It was Betty. <laughs> oh, Magnus just got buried. It was like he was balls. just driving a threshing machine over a load of records or something. Just like shards everywhere. What's a it? weirdly specific <laughs> reference. <laughs> well, I grew up in the country. But it was a very well timed puncture, wasn't it? Because he joined the back 
with the safety car. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he, yeah. Did, he did do quite. Well, yeah, didn't the safety car that he caused then mean he could unlap himself and get back on again? Yeah, why don't he? See what he's yeah. up to. It's a very clever strategy. Um, but it was a very good drive from Grosjean. Was it? It was actually. Yes, he was the. Um, he was almost the best of the rest if it wasn't for Perez. Perez, mm. old reliable tyres himself. <laughs> he didn't have a puncture, did he? No, doesn't know what a puncture is. Well, maybe we should talk about him. Well, that's handy. Next up, Force India. Oh, it's like I was looking at the script. Oh, another double points finish. There's a script. So it was another double points finish for Force India. They both drove really well, and this time they didn't actually fight, which is pretty good. Perez said that seventh was the highest he could have got, though. Was he pointing out the limitations of the Force India cars? Oh, yeah, no, he was just basically saying, like, nobody's as fast as the top three teams, so... Which he's got a point. Yeah, he's absolutely correct. I don't think... I think anything else would be kidding themselves entirely. There's a weird point, though, because, you know, when they crashed again the other week, and then Otto... Otmar Schaffnauer. Otmar Schaffnauer. It's a great name. This is a great name. Was saying, like, well, we're going to stop them racing each other, we're going to stop them being next to each other, this kind of thing. And then the last race, they were next to each other the whole time, going, oh, let me through, I can be better than him. And this week they're next. They're in sequence for most of the race, and you kind of go, "Yeah, but if you're basically first and second of the the B team, the only way to have them not race each other is to tell one of them to literally go to the back." Like this doesn't work. It's true, but they're not the top three teams, so nobody cares. I don't care. Renault. Ugh. Bad, bad, bad weekend for Renault. Uh, the qualifying was not great. Signs was in the points, but he only got one. Hulkenberg retired on lap 37 with a rear-end issue. Sushi can come as a shock to a German diet. <laughs> yes. What did you think? I don't know what's happened with Renault. They've like, just gone backwards, haven't they? It's do you all... think this would stress Ricardo out? Yes. Mm. <laughs> That's I probably what he was like, shouting fuck about in the pit I lane. feel like McLaren have infected Renault somehow. They've got the engines and oh somehow God, it's, it's feeding contagious. back into the team. Like whatever virus they've got. Oh, it's like Independence Day. <laughs> just <laughs> this little kind of McLaren, little kind of bald-headed Ron Dennis virus going, <laughs> yeah, sub-optimal, sub-optimal, sub-optimal. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even it's getting into Red Bull. Maybe they need Honda. I don't know. Renault have just. Well, been. they have signed the deal now. They signed. They officially signed the deal with Honda, with Honda at, uh, after Suzuka. What had they not before? No, apparently not. It was like sort of verbally agreed, but this time in uh, at Honda's home circuit because Suzuka's Honda's Honda's own. They own it, and they title sponsored the Grand Prix. So yeah, afterwards, Red Bull and Honda sat down and went scribble, scribble, scribble. So it's official now. And out the window is just like Alonso look, looking in his face to the glass, going, "You need me, <laughs> <laughs> love me." <laughs> Okay, Toro Rosso, um, a deceptively good qualifying from those guys, both in the top 10. Yes. Gasly had a terrible start. Everything went wrong with him, especially his tyres. Uh, towards the end, he had old tyres which held him up. Shouldn't he have pitted during the safety car? Probably. Why didn't they? Well, it seemed, they didn't seem to have the pace in the race that they had in qualifying, because they were really good in qualifying. There was some weird thing I read, that they had said to uh, FIA... We've buggered up our engine maps. Can we change them under part Fermi? And the FIA went, yeah, yeah, of course you can, mate. Do what you like. And then on the grid or something, the FIA came up and went, actually, can you change them back? Because we shouldn't have said you can. So whatever Ooh. the problem they had last week with the engines has come back. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah, they, I remember Hartley was complaining that he just couldn't get any grip or traction. Like, every time it came out the corner and put the foot on the accelerator to try and go, the wheels would just spin up. So maybe that was part yeah. of the map. But then Hartley, bless him, he had a good qualifier because they lied to him. Yes. They said, oh, you're going to go out, so you better get a move on. And he wasn't going to go out. He was safe. And then he kind of qualified in, like, 
Yeah. Right. Which just goes to show that he can actually drive much faster than he but has then been. in the race, he just went backwards. Yeah. And at the start, he was just like down the bottom. I think it was, it sounds like it was the car. I didn't know about the mapping issue, but that yeah. would make sense. So, yeah, sort of provisionally a bit good for them, but then it sounds like they cocked it up. Sauber. So, of course, it was an eventful race for Leclerc. He kept things exciting. The crash with Magnussen at the beginning. Uh, Terry, I, I would like to use you here. Oh, so this is my French accent. Uh, Mon- Monegasque accent, please. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, Magnusson is stupid and always will be stupid. Oh, it's more aggressive than that. Magnusson is stupid and always will be stupid. Good. Oh, this skunk looks like a cat and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Pepe Le Pew reference? Yeah. <laughs> The team stated that he had a mechanical problem, which they managed to brush over the fact that his teammate had driven into him. Well, that is a mechanical problem. Your car's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> McLaren. Alonso got to 12th before he got a five-second time penalty for an incident with Stroll. What happened? I haven't got a fucking clue. I've seen it. So, basically, Stroll, I think Stroll also got a five-second penalty for this. Basically, him and him and Alonso were dicing up the up the back straight and through 130R, which is the super-fast left-hand corner before you get back to the main straight. And um, Stroll basically forced Alonso off the outside of the track, for which Stroll got a five-second penalty. But then Alonso, unlike Verstappen sort of cutting back across and taking Raikkonen out, Alonso went down the escape road, which sort of runs almost like in a square to the chicane. So he could have just gone straight on and then turned right and got back on the track. But he went straight on down the escape road. And then instead of following the escape road, basically just drove over the gravel at high speed to get back on the track, got back on the track ahead of Stroll, and so gained a place by, um, what was it, gaining an advantage through through going off the track. And so he got a five-second penalty for that. So it's probably pretty justified, but it was really weird. Well, they both got a five-second penalty yeah, for screwing in up. the same incident, but for completely separate things. Good on them. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's... I don't know what Alonso was thinking, really. He didn't need to do that. And uh, McLaren's still slow. Was Van Dorn there? I mean, his name was on the timing screens, but I think they just did that as a... You know that bit in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he's got, like, a mannequin in the bed and, like, when they open the door, like, the mannequin gets up because it looks like he's pretending to be there. I think that's what Van Dorn's been doing most this year, which would explain the qualifying deficit. Because <laughs> not even a mannequin is as fast as... It's just some engineer in the garage with a, with some strings. Yeah. Trying to, trying to, yeah, no. In fact, maybe that's where all of McLaren's engineering <laughs> chops have gone this year. Like, there's no actual really, people there. Vandor doesn't exist. He's not a real boy. <laughs> we had a bet of one dollar that we could convince the world that this puppet was a real driver. <laughs> it's a carbon fiber Pinocchio. <laughs> Williams. Uh, I don't know how else to say this now. It is another disappointing weekend for Williams. Stroll got a five-second penalty for causing a collision with Alonso, and he also flat-spotted a tire. However. I wanted to look at things from a different angle for Williams they because when Stroll came out of the car um, for the first time ever, I noticed that he has the most glossy, voluminous hair on the grid. He hasn't officially got a drive for next year, so maybe his daddy can buy a hair salon. There are bigger and better opportunities. Leave F1 and become a hair model, which is more rewarding, and people don't pity a hair model. I don't know. You know when you go to Master Barbers and there's like those 80s pictures in the window? I pity <laughs> those. Like Stefan Dennis. Yeah, Vidal Sassoon. Don't make me feel good. Oh, I don't start that again. Beautiful. Have they not officially announced that he's going to drive for Force India? I don't think they have. Can you imagine if his dad buys an F1 team and they don't give him a drive? Delighted to announce he'll be the reserve driver. That would be hilarious. It would be amazing. Daddy, why can't I ever make you proud? Oh, shut up with your hair. (laughs) 
So you care about boys, your hair, but I want to be a hairdresser, Daddy, not a Formula One driver. When do you think they'll announce it? I don't think they will. I'll just sort of turn up in Australia and they'll be like, what are you doing here? All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, and the driver standings first. First place is Lewis Hamilton with one hand on the trophy. Second place is Sebastian Vettel with one hand on that Lewis Hamilton voodoo doll I bought. It's not seem to be working. Third place is Valtteri Bottas with one hand on my phone just in case Lewis rings and needs something. <laughs> Fourth place is one hand on my Instagram account. That kid's going to be a star. Fifth place is one hand on my cock. I'm a teenager. That's Max Verstappen. He's 21. I don't care. <laughs> Sixth place is one hand on my Renault contract, the other hand on a lighter. That's uh, <laughs> Ricardo. Um, Perez, one hand round Ocon's neck. That's a bit harsh. In eighth place, Kevin Magnussen, one hand round the back. And ninth place, Nico Hulkenberg. There's one hand in my pocket and the other's doing a peace sign. Tenth place, Fernando Alonso, one hand up Zach Brown's ass. And eleventh place is Esteban Ocon. Whoever will get me a drive next year can put the hand wherever they like. <laughs> Carlos signs both hands on the door frame of McLaren not wanting to go in. My arms are stretched. I'm like a cat that won't get in a cat box to go to the vets. And in 13th is Roman Grosjean, one hand on the gypsy who cursed me as a child to be both great and awful driver. 14th place, Pierre Gasly, one hand on Max's cock. It's in the contract for next year. Uh, 15th place, Charles Leclerc, just one hand. It's all I need to drive a car. I am a genius. In 16th place, Stoffel Van Doffel. Stoffel Van Doffel. Stoffel Van Doffel. Where did that come from? Oh my God, at the end of his career, I've come up with an even better name than Stoffel Ruffel. Stoffel Van Doffel, one hand on the noose. Jesus, mate, are you all right? 17th place, Lance Stroll, my butler's hand on a tramp just for a laugh. In 18th place, Marcus Ericsson, one hand in the air like I just don't care about being reserve driver. In 19th place, Brendan Hartley, staring at my hands before the race, and it's just like they're not mine, man. That's the hair. And in Sergei Sorokin, 20th place, my rivals in Russia had no hands. That's a, <laughs> wow, that's a gangster thing. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. <sighs> and so for the Constructors' Championship, I've decided, because we're in Japan, to do haikus oh. for each team. So, Mercedes, really fucking good. Makes races a bit boring. But cars are shiny. <laughs> Ferrari, what a history that they managed to piss on. <laughs> a river bene. <laughs> Red Bull, it's all Renault's fault. We preferred Infinity. What? They were Renault? <laughs> That's an industry joke. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Renault, please don't look at us. We're not sure what's going wrong. Doing next year's car. <laughs> Haas, one driver is mad. Other, a liability. But hmm, which is which? <laughs> McLaren, we still change colour, but we never change our spots. Podium by Spain. <laughs> Force India, we are always broke. Don't waste money on pit stops, beating McLaren. <laughs> so they're actually not, because I just come after McLaren. I can't care. Toro Rosso's, we are Honda's bitch team, and we're Red Bull's data whores. But fuck Ferrari. <laughs> I was getting bored. Sauber, next year with Kimi, we'll be all over Insta. Actually still shit. <laughs> and Williams, we don't know what's wrong. Honestly, can you please help? We can give money. <laughs> Now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. The championship is nearly up and with four races remaining, we look set to have up to, most likely, three of them being totally pointless after Hamilton does his inevitable post-championship slack-off. 
these races are always weird. No one really gives a shit, and probably best for all concerned if everyone just said, should we not bother? But contracts being what they are, and our Sunday excuses already dialed in, it means we're going to have to watch the Mexico, Brazil, and Abu Dhabi Grand Prix waiting for Bottas to fill his quota of utterly hollow <laughs> victories for the year. But all the advertisers, stakeholders, and media know in their hearts that no one really cares about the post-championship winning races. So how do we make it a little more interesting? Well, don't worry, I have a solution. It's called, working title, 2018 and a half. <laughs> From now on, every time the championship is won, there will be a mini championship of the remaining races, but it needs to be spiced up a bit. Now, I know what you're thinking, I'm going to do some really silly rules that are unbelievable, but unlike my normal daft rules like jokers or multi-ball, let's make this actually a little bit realistic. Obviously, it'd be great to swap all the drivers around and have Hamilton and Vettel in the Williams and Ericsson and Sirocco in the Mercedes for a laugh, but that's not going to happen. So let's not even dream about how amazing that would be. <laughs> Instead, let's see what can be done if we just dare to believe. First, three or four abreast grids. Why? Sounds ridiculous, but it's doable. And let's see Vettel squeezed by three cars before he inevitably <laughs> crashes. No qualifying, right? No qualifying at all. The order of the race is pulled out of a tombola like when they do the football. All um, the touring cars. Or, That's they? what they do in the touring cars. The top 10, they just draw lots before the race. Bloody hell, I'm a genius. Mandatory pit stops. Every 15 laps, all the cars have to pit. None of this under-overcut nonsense, just cars on hard tyres whizzing round. It's actually genius when you think about it. None of this tyre strategy nonsense. they all got to go out flat out for the whole time. Random lap allocation. Like the lights being randomly three to seven seconds before starting the race, no one will now know how many laps long the race will be until it's over. So that'll stop drivers coasting and then doing the last three laps quick. They just every lap could be the last lap. That is a good one. I like that one. Style points. Fastest lap, pole position, best overtake, fastest recovery. Have a panel of judges to give points for effort, not just on licenses. And if you use DRS, it has to stay open for the entire lap. <laughs> Also, electrodes. If all four wheels go off the track, you get a hefty volt of electrics up your ass. <laughs> Aversion therapy. And also, finally, double points. Oh, Sorry, no, that's a terrible idea. No, it, I was with you. I was oh, with you all the way. Ruined and then double points. So that's it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the guy that was the fastest Finnish driver in Suzuka. I mean, I don't know if he was actually fastest, but he was the coolest. Mika Hakkinen got back in his 98 McLaren. I went like batting around the track when he won the won the title at Suzuka. He got back in the car and wanged around it, and he said, "Oh bloody hell, it's quite fast because I don't think he's driven an F1 car in quite a lot long time, and he's in his fifties now." I like Mika Hakkinen. I do as well. Yeah, you remember when Finnish drivers were fun? <laughs> <laughs> and it's goodbye to Terry Saunders. Oh, we have talked about the thing that we haven't talked about because you put it in the news. Oh, sorry, but we haven't talked about um, the apology we have to give to our loyal Twitter fans for us not tweeting the race live. Because normally I take over Twitter duties and um, I slept through the race, I'm sorry to say. You did that but, last year. But it's also good to say that so did Vettel. Oh. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks' time to discuss the American Grand Prix. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for f one sake and follow us on Twitter at for f one sake. You can buy stuff. Where can you buy stuff? FF. O-N-E no. dot co dot biz <laughs> forward slash H-T-T-P S Chica shop just which so. means Thanks it's a listening. secure link ff1s.com slash shop 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 Thanks for listening See you in a fortnight Bye for G-Cress Goodbye Bye Sports Social Podcast Network